This podcast provides a platform for our guests to express their own personal views and opinions. Some or all of these views and opinions may not be shared by Ben and or Yola. Welcome to the Two Dad to Quit podcast. The podcast where we highlight stories of dads on the other side of divorce. To inspire and give strength to dads going through it. I'm Ben. And I'm Yola. So in this episode, episode four, we have Morty Charnowitz who is a coach. Uh, He's got a very interesting background. He's got three little kids. And uh, thank you, uh, Yoel, for bringing him. He's a good friend of yours. Uh, It was a super interesting podcast going through his childhood, his family, his background, uh, traveling around the world. Uh, He's got tips and trips for traveling, even if you travel by yourself. Uh, We covered really a lot, a lot of topics. And yo, what was your, what did you enjoy most about this? Yeah, Ben, there were so many takeaways from this interview. I just loved it. Something that stands out in my mind is just the sheer honesty. You know, Morty's a guy who's going to tell it like it is. He doesn't hold back. And uh, I really found it refreshing to to just listen to him speak from the heart. Uh, Something else that stands out, I think you mentioned he's got, uh, he comes from, uh, I guess, how he described as as a challenging background. He's had his uh, complications with uh, his childhood and growing up, and yet that hasn't uh, deterred him from being the best dad he could be. He's got three small children, and despite the fact that he travels the world, he's a busy person, he's got a lot going on, he's still very much involved in his children's lives. Uh, I think it was joint custody that he has with them, and he makes time for them. And not only does he make time and, and, and make sure to parent them in the way that he wants to see his kids grow up, but he's also very conscious about it. It's not just sort of happening happenstance. So uh, I, there's just so many takeaways to take from him. He's really right up there with one of my favorite guests. Yeah. And he gets into, you know, the work that he's put in, you know, he's worked on, he's very uh, introspective. Uh, so that includes therapy, special type of therapy. Um, and it was really, he was very open as Yoel says and enjoy. Super excited to have you. Uh, we've got Morty Charnowitz here with us. Morty is a man of many talents. He's a dad. Uh, he's a dad of three children, right? You've got a 10-year-old son, an eight-year-old son, and a four-year-old princess. Uh, Morty's been a coach of, uh, you tell me, you're ta- in tackle football. At flag, uh, some national team stuff, some like, traveled all over for it. It was pretty cool. A lot of fun experiences. Yeah, and and Morty's all over the world. You could catch Morty in different parts of the world at any at any given time, yeah. at any given moment. All while balancing his role as a dad, and we're going to hear a lot about that today. So we're just super excited. Also, I want to just add a personal uh, note, Ben. Uh, you know, Morty and I. I think we we went through divorce probably around the same time. And uh, it's funny the person who introduced me to Morty, he kind of wanted me to have a chat with Morty and you know, try and be a, a good source of inspiration, but it ended up being really reverse. I, I've been learning a ton from Morty. Uh, I've been to Morty's house a bunch of times for parties, and uh, I've just been very grateful to have gotten to know you over the last couple of years. So, uh, and I'm really grateful you're doing this. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Morty's an all-around great guy, so I'm really happy to have you. Uh, so without further ado, uh, why, don't tell, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself? What's uh, your background? Uh, I grew up uh, religious, uh, like, like more on the right-wing side. Mm-hmm. Uh, born in Brooklyn, grew up in Cedarhurst before it was Cedarhurst. 
So it was like, you know, the poor kid in the rich kid's town. <laughs> um, you know, like it was, I was never good at like being in class, like in school. I don't, I never had an interest in like most of the stuff. So I was constantly like getting kicked out and like for stupid reasons. Like I never, I like look back now and I, I don't understand like how the school like didn't discover anything or never asked them about anything. Like my parents were going through like a super ugly divorce. I come from a very, you know, not great home. Uh, I was at the fend for myself, kind of abandonment, all these, all these fun issues, mommy issues. You know, <laughs> girls have like daddy issues. Guys have mommy issues. Um, yeah. Did you get kicked down school? I did, but they didn't really like, they couldn't really. Well, you, it was like, you didn't switch schools. I didn't switch schools. Um, so I'll, I'll, like, I was making trouble like, already in second grade. Like, what could you possibly do? And they, instead of like kicking me out, they just left me back. Nice. And this is how the school operation worked back then. Like they did this yeshiva, it's a little different. Um, and then in seventh grade, they couldn't deal with me anymore. So they just graduated, pushed me into high school. So I was, I was a little bit immature to go. And I went to a high school in New Jersey, Adelphia. Oh, uh, Adelphia yeah. Boy. yeah. Okay. Wow. I know, I know Adelphia too. My uncle yeah. actually was a teacher there for many years. What was your uncle? Volvi or Willie? Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah, it's my dad's brother. <laughs> Small world. Oh, <laughs> uh, can I tell you one thing he said? But yeah, go ahead. Famous comment. Of course. Um, I didn't know that. That's really fun. Yeah, I actually uh, went to check it out. They're like, yeah, we have this awesome gym, and they showed us like a slice of concrete and a roof. I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> it, it wasn't actually amazing. It was the only thing that was like new in that school. Mm -hmm. It was pretty cool. But again, I'm just I just turned thirteen, or I was like whatever, thirteen, and I'm. Like the oh, I've always been on my own, but it's very different when you're going. I was like a freshie, I was a mm -hmm. tiny little kid. Yeah. Like my growth spurt didn't hit till like eleventh grade. Mm -hmm. So I used to be known as Little Charm because my last name's Charm. So. Yeah, so everybody used to call me Little Charm. Like I have friends still today call me Little Charm. I'm like way bigger than them. Yeah, it's really funny. You're anything but little. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I went there and that, like even so, my parents were fighting like nonstop at the time. And like, they, it was just brutal. Like there were times like my parents separate and then come back together and then fighting like, you know, sometimes cops were involved, sometimes they weren't. It's things kids should never see or mm. whatever. How many, you have siblings? Yeah, I'm the middle of starting five, I'll call it. Wow. <laughs> brother, sister? I have an older sister who lives in Hong Kong, older brother, Baltimore, younger sister in Muncie, like super religious. And then a younger sister here, but she's a little, she's the most affected, I would say. Wow. How's your relationship with her? Um, pretty good overall. Um, with my younger sister, she's more like difficult than whatever. So I go with the approach. If you need me, I'm here. If you don't, I'm not. Mm -hmm. So, you know, usually people that are guilty, I found, try to point a finger at you. Mm -hmm. So I constantly have that feeling from her. And I'm like, you know what? I don't need this. I just call me if you need me. And I'm not here if you don't. So mm -hmm. we'll go a few months. I'll talk and then she'll call me. Oh, can you help me with this? She's I single or uh, she's, yeah. yeah, got it. And your relationship with your parents, what's that like back then and today, let's say? Back then, I never wanted to be. Like, I never, like, even that, I would say, I, I think it was a story of my parents. They told me when I was like three already, I was trying to always escape the house. The garbage man used to mm -hmm. buy me outside. Wow. wow. And I have to like bring it back in. So I had to put like a special alarm on the door. I used to have a leash as a kid. I was the only kid that had a leash. You're a leash kid. I was a leash kid. What is a leash kid? Uh, there's the amazing. Yeah, um, kids that like run away. So I actually did it to my kid, but I'll, I did it a less less abusive way. <laughs> kids that just go off on their own and they just disappear. So like, let's say you're like in a big store, 
like, you know, here you don't have it so much because in Israel, like everything's much smaller and everyone kind of, you know, mm-hmm. like if I go to a shroud with my kids and my kids run around, I'm going to find them because. And you're not afraid right. somebody's going to grab. Them. Right. Right. Oh, shroud is a big supermarket. Right. Big, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and they'll like a guy won't like see a three-year-old and let him just leave. He'll be like, wait here. And then I uh, know there'll be at the exit or something. It doesn't happen. Never happen. But mm-hmm. with me, so I was always, I guess, running away or whatever. So my parents had like a leash, like on my hand, like it was like Velcro, like old 80 style, like neon, like blue with like <laughs> ugly yellow. <laughs> and it has like a rope and it's attached to them and they, they pull you. Right. Whatever. And, so and you're not... the modern version is like a kid backpack. That's what I did mm-hmm. with my kid. He had a monkey backpack and I had a leash on. I'll tell you a funny story happened here also, another supermarket. And I'm walking around him like this. I'm like, go do whatever you want. Like you're in, it's like, right. it's like, like having a dog. Wow. Kids like having a dog, like the same type of thing. <laughs> do you think that has an impact? I mean, you're, you know, you're not a psychologist, but I'm saying from your experience, having no, that, you that, didn't, that didn't impact me so uh-huh. much. It wasn't that. It was, so I was, so anyways, I was in the supermarket and then like this ladies came over. And start saying, what are you doing to your kid? Uh, they start, mm. This is Israel. Like, yeah, everyone gets involved. Yeah. And then these two older ladies from the back come and defend, like, what are you talking about? Of course he needs to do this. <laughs> I just sitting on the side, like, laughing. Speed silent. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, but as a kid, no, I don't remember any of that stuff. I don't remember most of my childhood because I thank God it's a good thing. Mm. Um, I did a therapy for that for EMDR. I come from a house of abuse and whatever. Mm. Um, I did like this EMDR therapy, very recommended, um, where you have to go back and then like one memory would ignite another memory, ignite another memory where I just, my whole life till I was 30, let's say, I would just shove, just constantly shove everything mm. down and it would come out in rage. Wow. Like exactly. You know, Bill Burr, the comedian. Sure, of course. So I have this exact same explosive i can't deal with stupid <laughs> wow does he come from a does he talk about that like he um, comes from a type of background not like the same oh. he does talk about it but he doesn't come out the same but the same like type of stuff like where you you know mm. and kids are meant to be seen not heard and how long was that emdr process um it was about a year and do you continue to go i know emdr is like revolutionary and, and right um i actually uh, i had to stop so I was going to like the center here in okay. Langham, we, were going, we started marriage therapy there. And then he suggested like, you know, you've been diagnosed. I went to therapy before I got married, knowing that I come from a pretty mm-hmm. not good background. And I thought I was going into like this great family. So I'm like, okay, I have to, you know, right. nip it in the bud before. Uh, he diagnosed me like PTSD and stuff like that or whatever. I call it white PTSD, Kishiva post-traumatic. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then... So we're going to marriage therapy. He's like, I have, I never knew about this EMDR thing. He's like, I have a thing for you. So mm-hmm. I went to there and it was going great. And then they're like a center to help people. Right. And anytime a woman just says, oh, abuse, like anything at all, even to a therapist, like yeah. I was never brought to the couch, never run. Mm-hmm. They have to leave you. So uh-huh. they have to ditch you. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's I'm just, sorry to hear that. No, it's all good. Keep going. It taught me a lot. And it was great. It was great to have. It was a great experience and everything. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so I don't have like, I have little memories here and there, you know, being there, uh, growing, growing up in Cedarhurst, it was a little bit hard then. Um, the community didn't really get it. My parents like had like falling out, like in public and everything and people saw and they just turned the other way. Nice. Um, like for instance, I would, you know, Darfay, she would yeah, yeah. so I went there. They had like, I don't know, no, let's say there's carpool on Sundays because yeah. in America they don't do busing. Right. 
So I'd be school finishes at 12 or one or whatever it is. And nobody wanted to help me because my dad would had my parents used to fight it out and they never came and they wouldn't, they, wouldn't like be, they wouldn't be part of the carpool right, right. because nobody wants to be with them they, yeah. they're always like and i would just be left there for five hours like wow. for five hours i was there with like just the security like all the staff left and they just turned the other cheek and just left like so my like when i went to this emdr thing he's like whatever like what's your major i was like where are you like where where was everybody like if i see a kid like Roaming in the street or left at school, like, yeah. off on the ride home. I don't care if it happens all the time or whatever it is. Right. Cats I don't think we're the whole thing. Like, I don't how did think you the get thing, divorced but... and then decide to get like have a cat. He didn't well, decide. Yeah, I didn't decide. So I was, um, yeah, I'll tell the story. Maybe just to make it in. When I was uh, going through my divorce, so I had to move out, and I was staying in a shoebox in my friend's office, uh, not too far from where I live now, actually. And uh, it was a pretty dark, lonely time in my life. And all of a sudden, this cat pops onto the scene. She would come every day. And at some point, I felt bad for it. You know, I'm a bit of a bleeding heart that way. So I was feeding her. Uh, and um, slowly but surely, I just, I don't know, I really, uh, you know, she, she, was, uh, she was cute. <laughs> and, one, and then one thing led to the other. And I thought, you know what, I always wanted a pet. I didn't have any pets growing up. I always wanted to have a pet. My, my parents never let me have any real pets other than like a hamster or a goldfish or something like that. And uh, I just thought, okay, it would be cool. I had no idea what having a cat entailed. Like I thought having a cat is, you know, it's nothing. They're low maintenance. You don't have to walk them. You don't have to do anything with them. They take care of themselves, which is true to a certain extent. But uh, I've learned that uh, there isn't such thing as a pet that's low maintenance. But my kids love her. That's been a real redeeming quality, you know. But for recording podcasts, it can be a bit of a challenge. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, carry on. So you well, when I did just the whole cat thing here, like cats are like rats yeah. in the States. That's what I find here. Like they had a rat problem in Israel. Right. Cats. Right. So to me, it's like, it's okay, it's a squirrel or whatever. Like, I'm right. Like, right. Like, oh, that squirrel's so cute. Let's bring it in my house. Like, right. That's how most people look at cats. And it's so funny because my kids love cats. Wherever they go, they love cats. They're all, they're excited about cats. And everyone else is like, what are they excited about? They're everywhere over yeah. here. But yeah. anyway, uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, carry on. So you were saying, oh, so you're talking about when you see a kid like where I see a kid like left somewhere, like I want to like help. Like that's my, I guess that's my nature. Like I, I know yeah. the feeling. Mm. Uh, you know, when I was growing up, like uh, I was single. Also, I'll, I'll go through the story first. So I went to high school there, Adelphia. You finished the whole thing. Finished the whole thing. Um, graduated, and then, like I didn't know what I wanted to do. And everyone's like, "Oh, you have to do this. You have to do that." Like usually, people get pushed towards going to like post, like a seminary mm. school, yeshiva. Um, and I'm like, I'm not being pushed. I don't want to be forced to go. I still have like the same mentality. Yeah. I'm like this. Everyone like who meets me like 20 years ago and now and you're the same, like it's still the same. Like mm. that's another thing. Like you have to stay true to who you are. No one ever is going to change me. Mm. Um, and so I didn't know what I was going to do. So I just stayed in the high school for an extra few months and just like you know, yeah. learned and whatever. And then I went to a school. Like, for me, being stuck in uh yeshiva like type of atmosphere makes me feel very stuck and i like to explore i like to do whatever so we found a school in baltimore that you learn half a day and you learn a trade the other half mm -hmm. so i went to be a car mechanic the other half a day wow there's an apprentice and this really took advantage of me obviously right? oh, okay. <laughs> like why wouldn't you hire a guy right. for free? <laughs> um but no it's all good i'm friends with him it was a great experience. Like it was really good. It was good for me at the time. Uh, then the, that summer, I started working for my brother. So I was seventeen. 
What did you do? My brother sells dental supplies in Baltimore. So I started like this big company, which is now 20 years old. So, mm. so I've been working more or less since then with a year break. Um, so that's something and then I like balled out. Like I never made that type of money before, like money yeah. at all. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I was making it, but like, you know, like small, like $20 here, $20 there. This was like constant income. So I would always like go out with all my friends, like every night or after work, you know, but like go to like a 7-Eleven and be like, that's all on me. Don't worry. Like whatever. <laughs> I'm just going to be $20, $30. And drinking and everything and all the fun stuff. <laughs> By the way, I heard 7-Eleven is coming to Israel. Yes. Yes. Very exciting yeah. news for yeah. us. Very exciting news. You're right. Yeah, was, well, it's a 7-Eleven without a Slurpee. That's but, like... The question is, are they going to turn it into Barad and iced coffee? All right. Yeah, like, yeah. It, they, everyone's like, oh, we have Barad. It's right. Right. Barad for our audience is like, what would you call that? The watered down version of a Slurpee? Four man Slurpee. I would call it. Like, yeah, I would okay. like, well, it's like a slushy. Slushy. With yeah, syrup. Not, with, not, not, with slushy, not even a slushy. It's like the flavor of it. It's like petho. Right. right. So you don't have that type of like, it's like that cheese syrup. Yeah. Okay. Right. You know, like uh, a bug juice and you go to camp or whatever. Yes. That's yeah. like that, that same syrup. They just put it in. Right. 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 <laughs> but if they do have slurping, it's going to ruin the barad for right. for, for the rest Real of slurping. Well, yeah. they so, so they actually have a couple of places that do have. Uh, slurpees like uh, where I live, like real Coke slurpees. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. There are a couple of places. So one is like a, an English, very English uh, American town, and the other one is my town, which is like half and half. Um, but there's one pizza shop that has a machine. Um, and that's like, like Coke Zero and like. Uh, we gotta get them in as uh, sponsors yeah. over here. I don't they, yeah. don't, they don't have it here. Yeah, it's weird. Well, they don't have like it's so weird. Like you're like they're in Jerusalem. Like it's been whatever. They tried to do Starbucks and then whatever. And they right. Dunkin' Donuts. I know they wanted to. I don't know if they ever did. Right. They'll just never. They just. I call it like a, like a one and a half world country. <laughs> like some ways, like we're like very ahead, especially being like in the Middle East, we're like super advanced and like everything's going great. And then another way, we're like we still have one one way road. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's like. No, but that that I think they went obsolete. They, okay. they skipped the whole emailing thing. Right. They went from fax machine to WhatsApp. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I know most of my business on WhatsApp. It's like yeah, yeah there isn't right. even the whole email idea. Up there. until like three years ago, everything was faxed. Like yeah. you want something, fax yeah. it to me. Yeah. I'm like, where are you stuck in? That? I know. I know. The fax machine ten years. Yeah. But there are certain things like for like they still have like these. You know, you go drive and you're like, why is this road like this? Like, it's a two-way road that's <laughs> not even for one car. It's meant to like, two bikes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know, but okay, either update it or like, you know. Is there something. a Starbucks here? I'm curious about They tried. Yeah, we have they tried. It failed. Wow. Okay. It's not confirmed. It's not for sure. We don't know. But right. Thank think. you. <laughs> just in case, you know. Um, yeah, so it's just, and also like another thing that really bothers me, like, Derek Hebron here. If you ever notice, you ever drive there, it's like cars are all the way backed up in the morning. Yeah. Because they don't time their lights. Like, where are you? This wow. has been happening for That's like an urban years and years. Yeah, it's like, they just don't care. It's like, oh, it's like very Middle Eastern. Does the, but does the light trick work here? Because I know it works on some yeah. lights. The light trick, like where you, where you flash, flash the lights? lights? No, yeah. it's not just, none of these, none of the dark. Yeah. Which lights does that work on? Please tell uh, me. It works where I live. It, oh. it works wherever I can, I do it. I'll um, try it. The concept of that is they built in a failsafe. So if an emergency vehicle is coming, right. it'll, it'll change. change right? So if you flash your lights really fast, your headlights, then usually you can switch the light, give or take what light it is. Do you have like bus lane cameras where you are? Uh, we don't have bus lanes. Oh, okay. We so have we have boulevards with two lanes. Uh, 
Yeah. So two lanes in each direction. That but this way. is a good segue because, you know, when we were speaking off camera, you talked about uh, sort of feeling stuck in some ways based on, and maybe stuck is a strong word. I, you know, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you know, you're still, you're still working with your brother, right. Mm -hmm. In the dental supplies, you travel a lot, yeah. but at the same time, you have three children here. And why don't you tell us a bit about that? Like, I'm curious if you want to share about okay. that, about your feelings about being here, but traveling. With your so kids. I came here when I was 25. Like I was so after this, I got so I went to Baltimore, worked there, came here for school, and then I was working for my brother in Baltimore. We had a little falling out, so I went to be a mechanic for a year, went to school for that for a little bit. Wow, I'm always cool. a person that likes learning new things. Like, but I have to like. Hmm. So I'll never be feel like I didn't go to college. Like my father's like, why don't you go to college? I'm like, why don't you pay for it? Like, right. And I also want. Like, I'm not a person that likes to be like. I learn way more. I know, like, I have like crazy facts of all these history things from like HBO than I'll ever learn in school. <laughs> documentaries. Like I know the American whole American history. I never once went to a history class. It's amazing how much stuff I learned from like chipmunks. <laughs> there was always like history being dropped in there. I learned so much from that. Also visiting anywhere you visit. So we're in the center of the world. So like for us to hop over Europe is a three hour flight. It's like going to Florida. Yeah. And then you can just like, just chilling. Like I did a Euro trip in Rome and in France. And like, you just learn like all these things right on the spot. Yeah. And if you ever need like a travel trick, by the way, never book tours in advance. Really? Yeah. Go there. There's always, and I got the craziest tour and like the best from like one of where, the where are we talking about i was in rome i was okay. at the uh, coliseum rome. yeah and there's a guy giving a tour and he's just like bringing people in he's like oh this tour is free um he's like i'm a student and i have to do it tomorrow if you pay 10 euro uh we give you a tour private tour of the vatican wow just meet us here at this time and it's counting bus and everything and That's I was crazy. Like, so they've never paid in advance and i had another story in um in egypt i just went to egypt in the summer and I was like looking up tours and things, and I'm like, nah, forget. It. I'm just gonna wing it. I go out. Like I stayed in. So I, I flew into Sharm El Sheikh because we can do that from yeah. Israel. And then I stamped. I only used my American passport. I took a sixty dollars flight to Cairo, and I was just like the first night I was there, you know, drinking, chilling in a hotel. I got like this fancy hotel with American points and credit cards, <laughs> and um, and I just I'm like, I'm just gonna walk around. So I walk around and I was saying, oh, I just walk with like the Museum of Egypt. I walk in there and there's a guy there. He's like, God, you need a tour. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't, you know, like I'm just trying to, he's like, I got you. Took it. Wow. I think it was $30 for the whole day. Like, he took me, he gave me a whole tour of the Egyptian museum. Like yeah. everything he taught, he was like super knowledgeable. It was like 70 and something. And his English was good? Yeah, it's fine. Mm -hmm. And then we took an Uber. Another thing, if you're in Cairo, take Ubers. It was like $7 for 45 minutes to the pyramids. And he gave me like a whole thing there. And then right outside, like the, the pyramids, there's like a little Arab town. And he brought me in there and like walked me around, brought me all those cool places. So nice. did you go oh. under, the, under the pyramids? No, I went over. I went, I, I went in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't go under. Yeah. In. But in, yeah. It doesn't go down. I went all, I, I went all the way to the top. There's nothing. It's empty. Okay. It's just the uh, empty thing because I took, took everything out. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were with a bunch of friends? Or? No, I went alone. So I was, I, I didn't have, so this is what I do, and this is other thing. So I was kind of stuck here last year from like October till July because I worked with all the sports stuff. So mm. every week, like I was coaching twice a week. I was working teaching in schools twice a week. I was, um, and then I ran a softball league from March till July, which 
I needed to stay here. Like I got one weekend left. I ran to America for like three days and came mm. back. Um, and then finally like July hit and I'm like, I have, I'm taking all the kids to America for the whole month of August. So I come home and I'm like, she tried calling me and messaging me like, can you pay for camp? And I'm like, pay for camp. I'm taking them to America. That is like a month. Like, yeah. I don't understand what you want from me. So okay, you're right. And then, so I said, I'm going to be here like every, Three, uh, well, I could have taken the whole month of July, but I wanted to see my kids because I actually do love them. <laughs> <laughs> so whenever like, I kind of wanted, like, I would be like, okay, I can take them this weekend or this day and that day. And it was under more of my control. In the last two weeks, I'm like, I worked myself to the bone. I'm like, I need to get out of here. And I kept asking, did anyone go to Egypt? Like, nobody wanted to go. Everyone was like, I don't know. So I'm like, well, I'm just going myself. And wow. I had an amazing time. And then I popped down to, I went to Cairo for a day, Luxor for a day. Well, Cairo for a day and a half, Luxor for a day. It was so cool. So, like, I stayed, like, on, on a hotel on the Nile River. Yeah. They had, like, their private sailboat. It was really amazing. I, just pop, I had no idea. I had no clue. I'd never been. I'm a travel, uh, like, junkie. Mm-hmm. So all these places that you're saying, started, I know where to go there. I know where to go there. It's just, yeah. I, I didn't even know. I'm, I just winged it. Like, yeah, it's always, I always find whenever you wing, it's the best time. Like, crazy experiences, crazy stories. For people that like to wing it. Yeah, I guess. I guess. And do you feel that sort of need to get out a lot and be in this country? Yes. Either in this, yeah. Okay. Um, I feel very the, the I guess the Middle Eastern mentality is to be very close to you. Like there's this thing like if you have a whole empty beach and you sit down, there's always going to be an Israeli that comes right next to you. <laughs> like the whole beach be empty. Like really? why? <laughs> like there's no space. Right. Uh, but a mentality like. Like somebody yeah. just makes my space there. <laughs> like, so what brought you to Israel? Um, so actually when I came here for a year to study in between, I actually really didn't like it. And I'm like, I'm never really gonna come back here, Bob. And then I was living in Baltimore and like I love the people in Baltimore, I just didn't like Baltimore. And so every weekend I would go out somewhere else. And one week of my dad called me, it was like I bought you a ticket to Israel because your religion's like not so great, whatever. So mm-hmm. from like for the high holidays, right? From Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur, mm-hmm. and then so I came here and I came here with one suitcase, and like laptop, like just because that's where I work from, and I just stayed. Mm-hmm. And everything just fell into place, and I really like it. I love this. I love living here. I don't like the people. So it's like <laughs> the exact opposite of like Baltimore. It's right. like it's not everybody. It's it's frustrating with the mentality here a lot. How old were you when? So when I was twenty-five, you were twenty-five. And when did you? When did you meet your? Now so that was we said like September. I came. Uh, I met her in December. Oh, that so was quick. Yeah, but I didn't. I had like no clue. Like I was like rocking night. Like I was working at night. I'm like I was never doing anything good at night anyway. So let me just I'll work at night and I would like you know go to school in the morning like uh, mm-hmm. like, measures, like whatever. And then um, worked out like I just did my thing. I played sports. Like I'm always into sports. Big sports guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got the best, the best Super Bowl party in town. That's for sure. <laughs> I wasn't even there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, last last year, year you were. Last year you were. Two years ago you were. La- right. Last, last year, year I was. Right. Yeah. Two years ago I was not. Yeah. 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 
I got stuck in America. You're right. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, you were planning to come back? Yeah, oh, right. Back to the corner. Right. And you still hosted, even if you're not yeah. there. <laughs> Do you play on the league here? Yeah. So I play. So I started playing in the flag league here, and I wasn't ready. My friend kept telling me, watch playing the tackle league, blah, blah. I wasn't ready yet. And so I, until I worked out, built up my body, and I started playing when I was 29. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the next year I was already like the captain of defense. We then the year after that we didn't lose for like four years. Great, is that the Lions? Blue? The Lions. Yeah. Oh, so Tani runs on team. Of course, we were in we were in school together. Nice. Tani's an awesome dude. He is an awesome dude. He, he tried to get me a play when so I moved here, um, but like, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I refuse. Like I have to have my escapes. Like I have like and that like sports is like my number. Like even growing up. Like sports was always my escape. Playing and watching. Playing and watching. I never never watched. Mm. Like everything was listening on the radio. But sports gives you like that connection, that family, that thing that you were missing. I guess, yeah. Right. Camaraderie. Because I also, yeah, uh, sports was every sport, every season, I was always playing something. Yeah. All the time. Like there were times when I was living in Baltimore, I was playing sometimes like I'd go back to back to back. I would play softball, then basketball, then ice hockey. Oh, wow. I know you're a hockey guy. Amazing. Yeah. Right. Wait, so let's go back. So you so you're 25, 25, right? And then so I met her in December. Um I, she was like super obsessed with me. Like I've never seen something like this. Like everything like I was like she always wanted to like she gave like this whole um you were set up or you just met you met somewhere. Like, uh we met at Shabbat table. Okay. At a friend's house. Like, Sabbath table. Friend, yeah. Um and then like I thought in my head, like I come from religion, but I was like, oh, God sent me here to meet her, and this is the one, and it's made up like the whole fairy you, are tale. You, are you a spiritual person? or And if not now, were you then? Um, like, what? I always was like in between, like for me, I was more like, let's say, uh, say godly, like more, you know, Muslims, like uh, how, how do we say it in English? Uh, that's a good self question, about, right? Self-development. It's not really because no, it's more it's, of self-harm. It's more, it, I think it's the most poisonous thing ever. Yeah, it's it's, um, it's more, it's, it's, it's like no matter what you do, it's never going to be good enough. Yeah. Changing your guilt. Cause and reaction, right? A cause and if, cause if, and not, if, if not done the way it was intended. Yeah, cause I mean, and effect in a negative way. You, you can argue right. that. Yeah. It could, it could Is that a good way of putting it? I'm not saying to go. Yeah. Like, so these books teach us in Buddhism, like there are some great things, don't get me wrong, Thomas, but these certain books are how that no matter how much you try, you're never going to be good. Right. I, I think I, it's not. I think it, it's that's what I took. At. I think it's well, I think yeah. I would say, I mean, we don't have to get overly philosophical, but why not? It's a podcast. There's no, stru- there's no structure here. As, as my cat Rosie comes up to the picture, speaking of no structure, but I think that it, it served a purpose at a certain time. Uh, I think there are people that relate to it, and if it works for them, um, then great. But definitely, I think these days it probably doesn't work. That approach, the fire and brimstone type of approach, right. probably doesn't work like it once did. Um, but I, I don't. I, I, I personally wouldn't categorize it as all negative necessarily. I think it really depends on the person and circumstances. Try to teach you like the generation before. It's more to teach you honor for the generation before you. I would go with mm. how they're always saying like you'll never be good enough as this guy or as this guy, but. Right. So that's what the negative part that I found. Again, I don't, this is my own perspective. This is not, I went through my own hard times through Yeshiva and that. And some of it was great and some of it wasn't, and just the roller coaster of it. Mm-hmm. I found that it choosing teaches you religion, teaches you to be super judgmental. 
Mm-hmm. So you're always comparing yourself to something else or someone else. So it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, no, there, there's it. Religion is a funny thing. You know, the way it's taught to you, you take it different ways. My father told me he would have been religious if it wasn't for his horrible rabbi, which to me is like, well, why would you let a rabbi ruin your whole perspective on life? It makes no sense. So it really depends how you, you know, how it was taught to you and how you take it. You know, uh, I don't, again, like, like uh, Yoel was saying, this, these teachings, I think are more about like, straight talk and and serious it's it's much more serious as opposed to other religions like uh like uh, Hasidus, which doesn't teach this at all like it's just not in their thing and it's teaching you to love and to be positive and and think above and more spiritual where this is much more like and straight talk and this is what it's just much more straight talk and so different people learn different ways so obviously for you straight talk wasn't the way to do it um and the way it was taught to you was not a not given over in a positive way no but you're you're talking about religion as a whole so right no no no, but again i'm i'm very like i have my own relationship with i always will like i'm not one of these people like lately i haven't been so religious and i'm not one of these people that are like oh well you know like i have these friends that come oh welcome to our side like I'm not like against it. Like I, I grew up in it. I love it. I like there are certain parts that I really do love, and mm. like Shabbat meals and you know singing and all that stuff and that family camera. I love that, mm. and I go to it and I'll, I'll participate. And you know sometimes lately I haven't been going to uh, you know synagogue at all. It's been a couple of years now. Right. <laughs> um, I go. I bring the kids, but like I don't go in. I just drink outside. Right. <laughs> so what? And what? Is, you don't let. So you find that it there. It, it's, it's very. Um, First of all, I don't, again, this is all my perspective and my well, life. You're, you're the one sitting here on the couch. Right. So, yeah, that's I'm not true. telling anyone else how to live their no, life. No, we're, we're not in, we, don't, we don't endorse or <laughs> confirm or deny anybody's opinion. Everybody has the right to. Relationship between me and God is between me and God. Hmm. No rabbi, no parent, no dad, no mom, no sister, no brother. No, nobody can tell me how to have that relationship and how to have it. I'll tell you also. My family still tries. Right. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. When you say your family, your parents, my, siblings, my father, my sister, my brother, my brother keeps telling me, whenever you're ready, just tell me and I'll teach you the ways. And I'm like, right. Uh, you're not getting it. Like it's, it's a disconnect that people will never understand. And no matter, and you're not going to change it. I, I think that, uh, again, not to analyze you, but because I asked you before, if you, if you consider yourself a spiritual person, like I'm getting from what you're answering that, you are spiritual because you're talking about having a relationship with God, even if it doesn't necessarily or not at all or not or partially fit within what would ordinarily be considered part of the, you know, organized or orthodox Jewish religion. But that doesn't mean you're not spiritual or, or anything like that. I mean, I, I can relate a lot, you know, when I was and we can tie this also to divorce. And, and I, I'm sure Ben also we, we definitely want to get into your experiences there. Um, I think that I had a, a very, when I was going through the divorce, I was having these conversations with God. I still have them all the time. So I relate a lot to what you're saying in terms of, you know, how do I relate to God? What's my relationship with God? Because, you know, I'm, you know, got a, a skull cap, uh, kippa, yarmulke. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't like to identify as anything. I, I've uh, been told, talked to Ben a lot about the idea of identification. I read a lot of books on, on yoga and, you know, the idea of not identifying with anything. But if I had to be 
identified, I would say that I'd probably fit within the religious Jewish world. Uh, but at the same time, I definitely, there's, there's things about religion that I can relate to what you're saying. And there's, um, you know, just certain lifestyle decisions that I make that, you know, that have that sort of friction with what maybe the, you know, what the Bible calls for. And it's something I struggled with a lot. At the same time, I accept a lot about myself. And I, I also think that, I don't know if you, would you say, I guess it's, this is a long-winded uh, comment slash question. Would you say that the experiences you've had, you know, both in childhood and the trauma you've experienced and also with, you know, going through divorce, do you think that's played a role in how you sort of have looked at, you know, rel the religious lifestyle? Um, yes and no. Mm. Where I could say like, my dad just like, Listen, I think of him the way I... He's religious, right? Well, he identifies religious. Like very religious. Religious. Very, red. very long was He came more from the left-wing thing. Mm -hmm. Like okay. Chicago, more modern. To right. Like New York, like hat and jacket. Hat like... Uh, yeah, uh, but I'll tell you what I've yeah. that. Like, my dad, I had to, with this whole, like, therapy thing, like, it took me a lot of years to, like, finally be able to be in, like, the same room without, in a normal headspace. Hmm. Where I put him, he's three. He's a three. He's just constantly a three. So he could sit there and tell me what to do as a child. Well, go to, like go to synagogue, be there on time, do this, do this, and he wouldn't do it. So mm. I, I automatically like didn't identify my my father with my relationship with God. Mm. So from the beginning as a child, I never did, mm. and I can never talk to him about anything. Like it's the, both my parents. Like I never, I don't think I've ever talked to them about anything. Mm. It's just they don't. They don't. They're, in my eyes, in my perspective, they're, they'll never understand me. And they're not parents that know how to love unconditionally. Mm. Everything growing up mm. always came with a condition. Mm. And, you know, whatever. Mm. So, anyway, so we went back, like, that whole mustard thing was, it taught me was what, and that's my mindset was, until a couple of years ago, was always cause and effect, right? So, you know, let's say I was mean to this person, I get in a car accident, I would relate it to. Right. And it really, really messes you up. Because when you start dealing with people and people do something bad to you and nothing happens, which is constantly a thing, and that's my relationship with God, I'm angry. Mm. That I'm, I mean, and I keep saying, like, I did, I did do the dominant prayers to God and I talked and I tried, or I'm really trying to do that, and nothing was happening, but just getting worse and worse and worse. And I know it doesn't work like that. And you know, the good, they say the good people always get punished in this world and the bad people have the easy life. Okay, enough. Mm. Like, at a certain point, there has to be some type of, you know, the whole karma thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm waiting to see, like, where are, like, in this DMX is a song, right? Lord, show me a sign. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. I'm waiting. So how do you, okay, so that, this is this is interesting. Uh, again, just to bring it, you know, you got divorced a couple of years ago, right? Um, yeah, I got separated in two years ago from June or July. And then officially divorced December will be two years. Right. We had to wait during Corona. Right. And so do you think about, you know, the whys or the meaning or, you know, how do I find meaning? It wasn't something that you wanted to have. Is that and fair to say? For sure. Right. Like I never, I come from family and divorce. Um, I always wanted to make a book. I mentioned in the other one, my other book is called Kids. Kids in divorce situations. We got an author right there here. Goes, so right? You guys could collaborate. There <laughs> I, there's so many stories and things. And so I 
like I was I was a stay-at-home dad more because I worked from home and stuff like that. And I would go out and I like, you know, coach and whatever. So I was mostly home most of the time. Uh, I was very involved. So I'm, I like, I'm super attached with my kids. Um, like once, when I realized that I had to get divorced is when I always like being married. I don't know if this is everyone, but I think most people, especially to a Jewish girl, you're always going to, you're never going to be good enough. You're always, and that's the whole mentality in my head. I had a dad who was, I'm never going to be good enough and nothing's ever going to, and I'm not going to show you how like mother Shiva school and then a wife on top of that, like that. In the beginning, she treated me like, wow, this is like amazing guy. Like, great. And almost, like everyone who has met me kind of has the same reaction. Now living with the, like after a while, okay, you're going to do this. Like I, I clean, I cook, I do dishes, I do laundry. Okay, so we split things right. or whatever. Yeah. And it just, everything I always did was never even, like she would ask me something and I would give her my opinion and then she'd go to her dad. And that's mm-hmm. what impressed her. Do you, do you feel, that's interesting. Like, do you feel that, uh, again, because from my experience. Without going later on, like it, it took like, like, for the first three, four years where like I was still like this. I want to get to that dad thing. That's like, so it's very close to my heart, that whole topic. But were you conscious of this at the time that, you know, cause you, you're saying you feel that nothing wasn't, wasn't good enough. Were you conscious of that? Or that's looking back now? Um, no, I was conscious. You were I conscious. Of that. I would constantly say, I'd be like, I don't understand. I like, I just don't understand everyone who's ever met me. Your own parent, like, they say I was like a great guy. Like, what do you want from me? Hmm. And then she would like, so I would do all these great things and you're not emotionally there for me. You're not telling me that I'm like, you're not making me feel good about myself. Like there's always going to be something. If you're looking for negativity, there's always going to be something. Someone who's insecure with themselves. That's another thing. Like constantly look at the person in the mirror, Mm. right? If you're sitting there complaining about all these things, it's you. It's not everybody else. Mm. But you, but you nevertheless, you, you still wanted you didn't want the divorce to happen, right? So would you say you were happy or was, was it more because of the children or like what was it that was keeping you committed um, to the marriage? I'm a very committed person um, and I work as hard as I possibly can to do that in any job I do and anything I do. Mm. That's just my mentality and my work ethic. Um, now, how I realized, like I tried to fight for it and go to marriage therapy and all these things, mm. whatever I had to go through, I don't know, whatever, it doesn't matter. Whatever you're comfortable with. <laughs> I was still like, I was like, all right, fuck it. Like, all right, as long as you're willing to work on yourself, I, I, I love the kids too much and I don't want them to come from a broken home because I did. And I will fight to the, as long as you're going to fight too. Like, I'm not, but I used, I was like, I'm going to fight for this in the beginning. And then I started seeing that she wasn't so like, she would BS through therapy and then too much like do the same exact things that she was doing before. And so, Friends and other people and her parents were like, you're being controlling and you're being, I was like, I was married for 10 years. It's the first time you've ever seen me like this. Like she needs to be put into a thing. If she wants to stay married, I can't, I don't trust her. I don't trust her. Um, I don't have zero respect for her. She's going to have to earn all this. Hmm. Did you, did you feel that, like, were there things that you felt that you had to work on? And I'm not trying to equivocate her. So you felt that you had a part in, my whole in, life. Uh-huh. Always, I'm, I'm never going to be good. I'm was, okay with that. Right. But it wasn't a matter of sort of saying that she's responsible for everything. No. You just wanted her to take her part the, in the right. same way that no, you were taking I'm, your I'm part. Not, you have your own I have plenty of anger issues and frustration issues. And stuff, so you're aware of that. Yeah, for sure. 
and I've been always on the therapy and I do that. Like for me to, I'm, I'm I guess it's a sign thing, I'm Aquarius. So we're the type of people who just, if you let us just be us, we're amazing. We shine. As soon as you start hitting us, like blemishes and stuff, we just explode. Like, why wouldn't you just leave me alone? Like, not in, the, not in that type of way. Like, I'm still married and everything. Like, we talk about things and everything. But if you don't, like, my ex was more of the type of, if she didn't get attention all the time, she would start poking the bear. Mm. Um, she would be like, you didn't do this and you didn't do that. And I'm like, okay, well, like, I'm trying, I'm busy. And, you know, the pressure gets to you. And sometimes, like, I would be a little bit more vocal, like, screaming or say something different, louder, whatever. And instead of her just walking in and giving me my space, she'd come back and like boom and check, you're exactly like your dad. Never say that. Oh wow. Never say that to a guy. Like, and I know another friend that deals with the same thing. And I'm like, this is what women do. Women are amazing at finding your your thing that would bother you most and just I love my dad. And then walk away. I was I was I was was compared to my dad uh, towards the end. But it's different when you love your dad. But but, no, but I love my dad, but obviously, like like all of us, he has he has faults. And when she was comparing me to my dad, it was not in a positive way. So it definitely you was never hear else. that from a guy, right? Have you ever heard that before from a guy saying, "Oh, these women, they come with you exactly like your dad." Boom, mm. right? You always hear what never say to a woman, "You're exactly like your mother." Right, right. You always hear that, but you never hear the other side around. Right, but it's it's okay. Like, and I and I messed up, and I wasn't. The greatest then i'm a person that if you attack me uh, again goes back to all this growing up i i i'm a reactor right so i i should have no this for our audience no. yeah you're talking about you know I was, words i don't think i've ever rules from the real side people right. like, as i got older and started working out and playing people kind of just got scared because <laughs> your size yeah that's it, it, it's so weird because i was a tiny little kid and then now hmm. And I was always like bullied and stuff, but it was okay. Like it taught me to be like, I, I have this never quit attitude because of that. Yeah. So there is positivity from it. I know they like raising my kids now, like a big thing of me. It's like a child of abuse, but it, there's so much positivity. Most people that are successful are children of abuse. Really? Yeah, because they've been pushed to an edge. You have to be pushed to an edge. Like all these athletes, all these crazy, whatever. They were all abused. What about... I'm not saying a hundred. It's not a hundred. Well, I was going to ask you, what about like you? You know, you look at you know serial killers, or, or, or and I'm taking extreme example, but a lot of them come from abused homes and and hey, but they were they weren't they, they they weren't they went on their animal instincts versus being a human. And, and you and would that's say that's the, those are the outliers. Those are the outliers. They're in the news, but those no. Are, but I'm saying you're you're okay. Men were built meant to be an animal, and the way we survive in the world is being human. Okay, that's my thing. And you can look at it like that because most guys, almost, I think almost all soda killers are guys. Like you'll find one girl here and there, but very, mm. very, very rarely. Mm. Okay, or they identify as so. <laughs> um, And it comes because we're animal instinct. Women are more emotional instinct. Mm. Got it. Again, these are little perspectives that I just pick up. In life. And as soon as somebody comes over to me and starts getting emotional, me, I'll just back away and bring in my intellectual I know. I can't deal with that type mm. of uh, person or attitude or things. I need to have a nice balance. Got it. And when you so when you were having these issues in, in your marriage, were you ever were you able to have discussions with your then wife? Like were you able to talk this stuff out, or it wasn't that type of relationship? 
in terms of communication, uh, our communication sucked. Hmm. Um, I also remember she was like super, uh, she was 20, I was 26. Uh, I met her when she was 19, I was 25. It was, there were so many like mistakes along the way, but I thought like, work, like I thought somebody would want to work on it as hard as I would. Like the day I met her, I told her it's us against the world. Hmm. Now, she had, she would be like, yeah, yeah, because she, you know, I called it cleaning lady. Hmm. I have this term also when I coach, like I coach in Hebrew, my Hebrew is not so good. And, uh, and they was go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like don't clean it lady. You know, when you have a clean lady that's like, like Spanish or whatever from, or wherever she's from, from uh, Spanish descent. And you're like, but oh, can you clean the bathroom? And she said, I clean the fridge. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, don't, do me a favor. Don't do that. Like, that's what I would get. Right. And it doesn't help. It only makes it worse. Now, now you mentioned, uh, if you want to jump in, if I don't yeah. want to steal the spotlight here, but you're really mentioning a lot of things that I relate to a lot and, uh, you know, just, you know, issues that I've pondered. Uh, you mentioned her family. So yeah. I told you I wanted to get back to that. Like, how do you feel, uh, if you feel like answering, how do you feel that her family, uh, her, I think you mentioned her dad, how do, you, how do you feel they played, if they played a role in, you know, throughout the marriage, you know, as the divorce was happening, like, what do you have any sort of perspective mm -hmm. on that? Yeah, a few, but again, everyone gets to raise their kids how they want. Nobody can tell you how to raise your own kids. Nobody can tell you who you are. Right. And we're going to get into how you raise your kids soon, but yeah, but it's very different. I'm, I'm very straight and honest, which taught me also like go with my instinct. It's okay. I don't need everyone's affirmation. I don't need more friends. I have plenty of friends. Um, my family really stepped it up. Uh, getting divorced like they really stepped in and parents as well wise yeah like not like just to be there like instead of they all live really far six thousand miles away but they felt like they really stepped up instead of you know they didn't take sides they didn't whatever but what do you mean they didn't take sides like they would tell me when i did things wrong really yeah did and they have a good relationship with her ish and how about your, your relationship with her parents? Like, what was that like in the marriage? It was great. Mostly, they would say some things here and there. I wasn't the greatest. I didn't know. I was very, very ignorant. I came from a very broken home and I didn't know. And I would say things I shouldn't have. And for sure, I'm not Mr. Innocent. Mm -hmm. Divorce grounds, no. Stuff you can work on and talk through, yes. The way they approached it was very hurtful. I remember a couple of times, like, um, I don't know, maybe I said something to my son out of like a reaction or a joke or whatever, and I would apologize after or whatever it was. And they would have like a family meeting without me. And then, like, my ex father would just have to come over and talk. I'd be like, first of all, you don't have kids and you're 10 years younger. Why you sit? Because she, I think my ex sister went like, to school for like social work or something. So mm -hmm. she used to always like pinpointing. And I was, I guess, her pinpoint subject because I came from a broken. I didn't know any better. So it would just be like everything I did was, but that's not by the book. And that's not, okay, not everything in the world is by the book. And so I would constantly like tell me how to try to raise my kids. And now I look back and it's just such a joke. Wow. It's like how, like how messed up, like that's bad. Yes, I wasn't right. And now I'm learning. And now I still go to therapy. I'll always go to therapy. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to be good. And that's okay. We're not, no human is ever going to know what's the point of living. Mm -hmm. um so uh, the relationship was great my ex-mother like loved me like i was like she has she had no boys so i was the only the three kids were married 
and I was the only one that was supporting their daughter. More or less, they were all supporting their mm -hmm. uh, yeah kids. So, and I would pay. I, I never asked them to pay a bill for me, and like took care of everything. I would always be a person that I again my work ethic. If I wasn't making up, I would just find another job. I worked like eight, sometimes seven, eight jobs in a day. Wow. Um, so I was always a hustler. I was, and I even told like the young man, I was like, if I have to walk in toilets, I don't care. I don't have to have that dignity or whatever, as long as I will make sure we're not, you know, growing up the way I did, more or less. <laughs> and, and what about in, in divorce? Like, was there like what was that like in terms of in the beginning? Yeah, and that was bad. <laughs> mm. um, I did take some like. Um, mood regulators because I didn't I never never dealt with any emotion in my life. Like I would always just shove it down, shove mm. it down, shove would, it down. And also, I mean I have this for like if something comes to me, I just put it on my back and right. it's just another thing on my back yeah. and I just keep marking it. Yeah. It's survival. Yeah. And that's what I've been doing my whole life. So I don't know any right. other way. And when people ask me how you doing I'm like I'm survival. Mm. And that's it. And they're like, oh like people are you know like it's not a bad thing, but and it's, I think it's more of a good thing, but people take it as a negative term, but it is, it's, some people are just built, like we're just, I take everything on my back, and now I started taking less, I kind of stepping back, let things happen, and then we'll see. Uh, in the beginning, I was more sure, like I was one day up, one day down, I would wake up in fists of rage and hunger and ready to kill the world. I would never, obviously, but... I like this is how and and I, I had no control of it. Like it, I never had. Like again, I'm, my whole life I shoved my all my emotions down. But I it was the first time I got to cry for like twenty years. I was like crying, hmm. and uh, it was like just I had no control of my emotion at all. So I knew that I, the good thing about it was like I I'd like to have other people's perspective of myself so I can have recognition. In order to work on something, you have to have recognition. So I would have, like, you know, our common friend would always tell me, more to you. like, you can't do this. So I called in my brother, who's more like a business person. My stepmom, super amazing. Um, she deals with a lot of people with divorces, but she does more. She helps special children in America, like the end of schools and the government thing. Mm. So she deals with all these, uh, what do you call them? They're not a lawyer, right? On their um, uh, mediator. Not me, it's like a that. It's like a arbitrator. They do it with all the work, right? Um, so she's like one of those type people. And so I needed, I knew I needed to draw back. On the beginning, I still thought like when I first got separated, like, okay, still work it out. We'll see what it's like being really separated. Because the therapist suggested, I don't know what they call it, um it's not nesting, it's like one like, parent sleeps in one room and then you switch. It's nesting? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, where you guys keep the same apartment and then you have a separate place or right, whatever. whatever. So I try not to point fingers in it because it just it is what it is and it's not gonna change anything in the same thing. Um then after being separated for like three months, I realized like I can't talk there, like it would just get me angry all the time. So I cut off all communication for like six months. Um and I tried having like my stepmother was in America and another friend here who I realized wasn't the friend I needed him to be. So I just dished him. He was my friend for, we met at his house. Mm. Friends since I'm 18. Oh. I 
36. He kept telling me, more, you're acting crazy, more, you're being like this. And I felt very gaslit by him. And then on top of that, like they're sitting there having her over and the kids over. And he's like, I'm helping you. I was like, no, you're not. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if, if the roles were reversed, it would never be like this, dude. It wasn't, and it actually happened to me. A friend of mine went through the same type of thing with me. And he's like, oh, just ask my ex. Like, I'm like, I don't, I hate her. Don't you get it? I'm your friend. I, I don't like her. I don't want to talk to her. I don't want anything to do with her. Like, I don't understand how. So, and I used to, like, I was like best friends with the guy. I did, like everything for him and all these things. And there's a lot of people like in the community hurt me like that, where, you know, they'd call me more can you move this washing machine and dryer and uh, and then my ex would go over and talk with the wife and they sit there bashing me. I found out after, um, or like I trained their kid. I trained the, one of those kids like for his bar mitzvah and like a fat, like, addict, like whatever. Now he's like with like an animal. And the first person they think that his bar mitzvah was me. And they went like all emotional. And then when this happened, they didn't even reach out to me. They just sat there listening to all her BS. And I got, I was like, this is how you are. You call me every month to move something or do something for you. But where are you now? How does, how does that, yeah, sorry, I cut you off. You were saying, I was just going to say, like, how does that make you feel in terms of the friends? Ben knows that's a favorite uh, topic of mine because I've mentioned it in a few, in a few, in a few podcasts. It's not, it's not healthy. It's not healthy. So you have lost friends, uh, right? I I did this guy in 20 years. Like he keeps reaching out and then, you know, I'm like, I can't be friends with you. I I thought you were a better friend than that. You weren't who I needed you to be when I needed you to be in summer start becoming more self so but would you say it was painful when you had to have when you, when that separation happened no not at all no i knew it it's same thing when i had to get it right so i was married for almost 10 years as soon as i found those certain things like just boom just didn't love her at all like not even feeling like nothing you did love her at some point you feel, i thought i did right but it wasn't the person who i thought it was mm. and then and so that's probably going to have a terminal effect on myself where I don't have feelings for people so much anymore. Yeah, feel- friends and former friends or um, former friends? I, I sift it out. You're much um, more, you're careful. It's not careful. It's, I don't do as much. I'm not giving the effort. Like my love language is, is giving. Like I got the book right behind you. Oh. Five love languages. I don't even. I never read it. I never. I always yeah. like comment. Yeah. That's why I part of person. Am. Like I'll always go above and beyond and do. Yes, and that's how I, I should add. I I find you to be like one of the most giving guys I've ever met. By the way, so it's mm-hmm. interesting to me that you're saying that not as much because to me like you're a well, super giving I, person. I, I still do it. Yeah, it's not that I don't. I do it for any random person on the street. I love it. That's why I'm never going to change anything about yeah. this. Yeah. I'm just, and then when people, when I feel like it's happening four, five, six, seven, eight times, and then they start having expectations and think, bye, bye. I don't need you in my life. I've done that to a couple of people. Really? Do you tell us to come to my house and, you know, like I, um, you know, I'll give out some illegal information. I used to bring back a whole bunch of edibles from America. <laughs> not, not, not to sell, like just for me to have, yeah. like, Whatever it's, 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 it's they don't have good edibles here. If they do, I don't know. But anyway, so I, I brought back home, and this guy used to just come to my house and take them, and then eat all my food. And I'm like, that's a certain point. Like it happened three or four times. I'm like, dude, this food is for my kids, not for you. You want to bring food, bring your own. Not the edibles. That's not the edibles. <laughs> I'm cool. Like I share. Yeah. When I had the super the party, brownie, not what's in the brownie. <laughs> all my everything was gone. I had a vape pen, 
I had like all like crazy weed, like all these things. And I, 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 I noticed it was sure. six weeks. I, I got stuck in America for six weeks because they closed the airport here. And they just, I don't know who did what. Uh, and I well, don't care. It's just things. It really, I really doesn't bother me. But it, it helps me sift out what type of person is. And do I want this person around? Do I not? Like I was super close with this person recently. Um, you know, I felt more of like, I was his coach, and I'm more like a father figure, like brother, older brother figure. And then, you know, I started whatever, and then I felt like this thing that he wanted to take over. Mm. And I think he did something to whatever I think, I don't know. But I'm going to go with my gut feeling because it's usually right, or that's the way I feel, and that's, I'm entitled to that. Will you right? tell that's the person, it. or you'll just sort of... No, I don't need to. Move on. I don't need to. There's no point. What am I going to do? They're going to lie. They know. They know. They're going to lie. That's interesting. Correct or incorrect. If you go to somebody and be like, you're guilty of this and this, they're going to lie. No, I, I, I have this where I, uh, Ben has heard all my stories in early times and, and probably our, our audience at this point, but you know, I had a situation where a situation, a very dear friend of whom I thought was a very dear friend, uh, you know, he came in, he doesn't live here. And this is somebody I really confided in throughout my divorce. I really felt he was like a trusted close friend. And um, he came in and I don't want to give too many details, but the bottom line is, you know, he made it a point to visit my ex-wife and not me. And I found it hurtful. Now, I'm, I, I really try to, I don't want to get too much into it. I try to understand people come, they're busy, but this was like a close friend. He hadn't seen me since the divorce. I would have thought if he's too busy to see, to see me, that's one thing, but you're already making time. And he was like 15 minutes away from me. Again, maybe, you know, if I want to be a saint, like I could try and be a saint. Like I'm friends with her also. Yeah, no, but he actually, right? he was actually asking me all sorts of questions like, you know, what trip should I go on? Like he had me do all sorts of research and, and whatever, which I was happy to do until I realized he, he wasn't. But anyway, so my point I'm making is similar to what you're saying that I have close friends that said to me, like, you should talk to him. And I said, what for? I just, so, right. I just, and I, but for me, like you said, it's not painful for me. You know, I'm more emotional, I guess, in a certain sense, like for me, it is painful. I'm, I'm not going to deny that. But at the same time, I made the same decision. I was like, done. He's in the past. So I can relate. Well, not, I don't get hurt anymore as, as I, mm. I'm not as gentle because I've been hurt so deep, I guess. Mm. So when you get hurt like that deep, like I lost a lot of feeling, like physical feeling. Even. Like I, like while I was going through the board, whatever, I had a curb, um, I drive my scooter like, so I have a car and I hate traffic and I can't deal with it, but it's my issue. So I do complain about it and I bitch about it a lot. Yes, but it is my issue. It's the man in the mirror. It's my, I have to learn how to be more. I found that I have a drive limit. I used to have like, when I had a kid, I had a cry limit. And my drive limit's an hour and a half. If I try to go anything above that, I just get in the right time. No, it's two hours. That's my issue. Um, but the same thing with like kids, you know, they cry and they cry like nonstop. So after like an hour, you go in your room, when you're finished crying, you can come out. If you come out and you're still crying, I'll put you right back. <laughs> and that's it. I can't, I, I don't have the capacity to, I learned my capacity to share, which is a great thing, you know, and a great thing to do. Um, also, I was, and so I was like, say, I just, but I think I went to, I was going to our common friend. It's like June time. Like that's when I went there and then I went to America and that's when we split. I got, I was running scooter. I hit a curb. I went flying like my everything. I was just like covered in blood. Oh, and, and I just come in. I'm like, everything's fine. So I got to the hospital. I'm like, perfect. Fine. I don't feel a thing, man. And I would, and this happened a couple of different times. Also, like another time I was driving down to Deer Shabbat 
I flew off, I hit my elbow, my shoulder popped out. I'm like, ah, it's all good. Like, and I'm like bleeding everywhere. And the guy's like, you have to go to the emergency room. Like, I'm like, no, I don't. I just continued down to the field. It's the bag in the back. It's yeah. I got it's I like, got hit by, by by a car. Yeah. And I stopped an oncoming bus, took their med kit, I got on the train and went to work. Wait, what? This was a while ago, or this was uh, yeah. That's a little bit more intense than I've been, but <laughs> How, how do you feel, and we're definitely got to get to kids because we probably have to wind up soon, but uh, um, I want to talk about your, your dad rules. I mean, you've, you've given us some great nuggets on that too, but uh, I'm very curious about this in terms of the pain because uh, I've wanted to speak more about getting into, you know, next relationships, post-divorce and whatnot. I don't think we're going to have time. We're going to have to have you. I can do it really quick. Yeah, yeah. but it's <laughs> like my relationships. <laughs> but I mean, no, because it's interesting to talk about pain, you know, so I'm, you know, I'm in a, in, a, in a relatively fresh new relationship, I would say. And something I've said to her a lot is that after experiencing the pain of, you know, divorce after 18 years of marriage, nothing could hurt me the same way in a relationship. So, like, I'm relating to what you're saying a lot. Do you feel like, you know, I, I, I know you're other way on that one. <laughs> what a surprise. I don't want to work for a relationship that hard again. Hmm. I'm more of the other side. Explain. To be in a relationship, it's super hard work. Both sides. I don't want to do it. I don't need it. I don't want it. I have no interest in it. Mm. So now I'm just casually relationship let's call it. Relationship I like that one. <laughs> it's just, I, I don't need a woman in my life except for one thing. Okay, we don't have to say it, whatever. That's about it. And I don't, I cook, I clean the laundry. I got the old things for my kids. Mm-hmm. I can show you because I have like, I fold like a machine. People see it. Like, oh. <laughs> you got to teach me, man. You know, we got to get them in on that. Awesome. On a, on and a podcast got, on that. Like, um, you know, the past, uh, I usually get like cleanly money, like our friend. Yeah. Like, oh, why don't you get a cleanly? It's more, it's less stressing on you. So you used to it. And then after I told you, I had a whole bunch of people come over for the holidays and my place was a wreck. And I'm like, I have to just leave. So I just left to my friend's house mm-hmm. and I came back a week later. I'm like, just let me know. I came back today, brought my kids, and everyone was gone. That night I spent like two hours cleaning, I cleaned the whole place, like the trash. I'm like, I'm gonna clean. Just lately, like I've just been doing it on my own, just do it in pieces. <laughs> I found the, the main thing, obviously, like I think gets to all men is stress and things like that. Um, I'm, I am a little, I have OCD a little bit. Um, where like i like something i get like obsessed with it and like i have to do it so let's say like there's a whole pile of dishes right so i have to do the dishes so i'd have to do it all at once mm. and then that set me back on something else and so now i have like a five thing or like say a pile of laundry like i have five loads of laundry okay every time i pass by i'm gonna fold five things and mm. leave every time i have the dishes i'm gonna wash three things and it ends up being more because the same thing like the quitting smoking way like smoke every hour mm. and just make sure not to smoke more than every hour and then you end up smoking every three hours <laughs> which is it's that mentality so it, it just brought me down it's like anything you're obsessed with i guess that's what helped me a lot it took away a lot of the stress and stuff mm. but so back, it but, much easier but back to the what you were saying about the relationship like so in, in that respect wouldn't you would wouldn't you acknowledge i'm asking you mm-hmm. uh, that it's possible you would get into a a relationship, let's say. I see that. I think it's mm-hmm. okay. though. That's in my mind. Mm-hmm. I don't okay. think it's see it like I, I don't even see where it can come from. But that's when they say it hits you the hardest. But right. I, I don't even 
Like there has to, the only way I'm jumping into anything is if there's literally an angel drop down. Like, hmm. okay. She has to be a 10 in every aspect. There's no room for work. How old are you? 37. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did. So, but so I finished my bucket list. I, every goal I've ever set out in my life, I've done. Wow. I am because I'm hard work, so I work harder. So whether it came to being injured to play football or whatever, I've changed my body, lost, like got crazy. I built a gym in my house. I've made all the money. I bought a house. I've paid all the bills. I had three kids. I did everything I was supposed to do, everything I set out to do, everything that I really had expected. Now what? So I'm in that what about? Okay. But coming from your background wasn't like a family part of that or was that ever on there? Like it for was. me, all yeah. I ever wanted was it's a big family and an open house. Right. And, and so I have it. So I don't have that anymore. You know, it's oh, so I have it, but I have it my way. And it's but thousands. So I have that in my the question. I have my vision and my vision is two people with a whole bunch of other little people. Um, okay. So that's why I'm asking. I had that vision and that's it. It didn't happen. Like I did it. Did it for 10 years. I did it. Okay. My, my vision is right. so longer. That's why. Right. So I had an open house. Like when we were married, I had a, like a very open house also. Like I had, you know, like we thought about Yeshiva, but like guys that are in school after high school, it's like post, it's in between college and high school. And they go to school in Israel for a year, two years, gap year, they call it, whatever they're going to call it. So guys used to whatever, and they had to get kicked out. I mean, it just crashed with me for two weeks. Um, I had friends, random, like two, three weeks here all the time. Like there were, I had another kid that was like, you know, dealing with hard things and whatever. So he lived with me for like six months. And while it was like, they mad and everything. And they were just like part of our house. And I wouldn't demand anything from it. And that's what I always wanted. That's what you need. That's what I need as a kid. That's exactly, exactly. As, and I had that also when I lived in Baltimore, like as a single guy, I would like, and all these parents came up to me and thanked me. And they're like, that's so amazing for my kid to just have like that escapism, mm-hmm. which kids need. Mm-hmm. So that goes into raising my own kids. Oh, I was, there you go. Okay, that's great. Go. great right okay. um, so as I said, so I did the open house and I, I love kids. I always wanted to have kids. Mm-hmm. My ex used to even tell me at a certain point, like, she's like, what do you, you never want to have a wife. You just want to have kids. I'm like, pretty accurate. <laughs> <pretty accurate. laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> I think I'll be cut. <laughs> it's just, it's just, if you can get that, like, I can't deal with it. And I don't have, the capacity to do a lot of it, not all, it's not all, it's never all. Anything I say is never all. Mm. There are everything, it's the feeling that the ones that I bring, but maybe the ones that I attract to or are, I attract, uh, like that are attracted to me and I attract to them, mm. those type of, maybe that's my issue, mommy issue. <laughs> um, yeah, so I try to raise my kids, like my number one thing also coaching and everything is how to make them very structured without abuse, hmm. which is a very, very, very hard balance. Now, on top of that, I have even a harder balance is because my ex as a family is just a free-for-all. So when I go pick up my kids, I have one kid I pick up from here. One kid, she doesn't even know where it is. The other kid pick up from there. The other kid pick up from my parents. So pick up, and it's, it's just a constant maze. And I have to structure them with a non-structured half. So that's even harder on top of that. Hmm. So one thing I make sure that I, as a thing like I have great structure for them. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very, I'm much more present than when I was married. I don't mean like physically present. I mean like 
there, do things, go out, whatever it is. Present for you, your children? Yeah. Or, and was that something you like consciously did? At, like, did you go through an evaluation process of, oh, wow, now I don't have to deal with the chaos. I can kind of create my own parenting avenue. I love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, big time. Hmm. I don't get told what to do. I don't get told how. I get to screw up my kids just the way I do. <laughs> right? Like, again, I think I'm raising them with the right. And I do mess up, of course. Like, them and things and different things like that. Just, it's natural. It's normal. It's, if you don't, then I don't know. You're some type of saint. But especially, like, my oldest kid is, like, ADHD, zero comprehension. A lot of things, like, and sometimes, like, I'll even mess up and say, like, it's exactly like Max. And it's the same exact issues and I just get so in the dish. And then like I would say something and then I come over like I'm in there, I'm like, no, I'm so sorry. I give him a hug. I love you. No matter what you do, I'm always gonna love you. There's nothing in the world. Mm. Um, I'm very big into honesty. Like you have to be honest. I don't care if you did the worst thing in the world, you have to be honest with me. Um, as soon as they're not, then I it's like yeah. my, like kaput. That's a huge value in my household, also. My kids know I've always promoting honesty 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 Four year old started yeah appreciate yeah how's your relationship with your kids so my oldest great like we're honest and whatever my middle one is more like in la la land and like he'll lie and different things and like told like he came from school once and he made up because i'm gonna have it so this guy kid him so i'm like i'm so sorry let me call your teacher find that i spoke to this teacher his teacher's like no that's not what happened mm. i went over to him like you lied to me now i can never trust you Wow. So you're going to have to rebuild that trust. I'm not going to believe you next time you come in there and tell me something. Mm. Um, hard, but that's it. I, I, and then now I can remind him, like, he made a story this morning. I don't trust him. Like, you deserve it. Don't start off with people. Mm. So he's a great kid. Unbelievably. Like, my kids are, thank God, amazing. Like, very independent. Um, take care. Like, they always want to help me. Very loving. Barely make trouble. So <clears throat> overall, mm. there I got blessed with great kids. Wow. In some way, I want to say like I did that in a way, but I, you know, I definitely had a part in it. <laughs> you got to boast about like some certain things. Sure. And you're mindful. Especially where I came from. I was about to ask you. So you're mindful of where you came from. Yeah. When you're being a dad yourself. Yeah, I never raised the hand from the kid. Yeah, we like to, you know, at the, at the end, so a couple of things we like to do is, you know, what is your most uh, too dad to quit moment? Something that, you know, you were like, I'm the dad and I'm not going anywhere and I'm doing this for them. Like, what, what, what moment, you know, can you think of? There's a was... lot, but I'll give you one. Um, so I booked a trip to America with the kids for my nephew's bar mitzvah. I think everyone knows what bar mitzvah is. Yeah. Point, right? <laughs> um, and this was the first time being divorced. So I had to like write a contract and I'll bring back the kids. They make up all the stuff. Like mm -hmm. I had to have two friends that were willing to give 200,000 check on my group, evaluating my wow. kids at that money, whatever. If I didn't come back and whatever. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so it was so stupid. Anyways. So um, we go to America and the whole bar mitzvah thing, Two days before we're supposed to come back, they closed the airports here. So I got stuck. So I'm like, okay, I got to make the best of it. I took the kids out to Florida and I gave them like the time. And I just, money meant nothing. Like, I'm like, I'll fake like my usual money. I'll yeah. figure out. Everything will just go. Mm -hmm. Ended up being um, my boys I sent back. I was supposed to send all three kids with my sister. I got to the airport. 
And since she wasn't on, because I had a friend's, sorry, let me put back I had a friend's wedding two weeks after when they had my date. So I'm like, I'll just stay another two weeks and then I'll send the kids back. My sister was there also for the brothers that she lives here. So I send them back and then my ex will take them. Uh, I get to the airport and since she wasn't on my original booking, so they didn't put the two together. So they didn't even tell me and they canceled the flight. So I called like the travel agent, which Chase. And they're like, no, the flights are there. I'm sitting with United. I'm like, how about you guys just speak to each other? Got a little bit angry. Yeah. Very angry moments, especially when it's been four, over four weeks and then you get to the airport and everything's ready to go. And, yeah. so I got and then, um, so I, and the kids wanted to also make it back for Purim. Remember we went in January and right. this is already wow. and ended up being that they got stuck. And my sister went back to Israel and I got to, and so then I sent the boys as the two boys unaccompanied minors. I kept my daughter for an extra week. I sent the boys the next week. And but I fully just gave them all. Yes. Like I I was like, this is not about me. Um and again this summer, I realized like everyone's like, oh, you're just in America for vacation for a month. I was like, no, I, I, again, it was great. They enjoyed it, it was fantastic. But this trip was solely for them. They wanted, I would ask them everything I would do, I would ask them. Like I go to the rent car company, you guys pick the car. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like they, pick? they picked the like the kind of must like, yeah. I wish. No, yeah. they, 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 I was supposed to get a Tesla actually, and then nice. they messed up the whole thing. But I remember I got like a nice SUV, it was perfect. Um yeah, uh, so like I I I value my kids' opinion on everything. So mm. when I went apartment hopping. Like, you know, you see my other apartment, which is gorgeous. I'm like, there's no coming, like, there's no, everything's downhill from there, right? Let us say our uphill. I don't know which way I want to put it. But, um, I, so I like to bring them around and have them choose. Uh, brought them to Ikea, let them pick their beds and their things. And my daughter so cute, she picked, uh, like, a bunk bed. And underneath is a desk, so she could always be with her daddy. <laughs> to use, like, a new age term, it, it's really, you're empowering them. I think yeah. that when the kids but see I never that, got an opinion as a kid. Oh, you, 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 yeah. I mean, when the kids see that, you know, they're valued and they're respected, uh, I think it empowers them. It's amazing that you're doing that. Yeah. I had the same moment when I was looking for an apartment, and I found one that I thought was the one and had a garden and everything. And I was there, and I, I had my son and everybody. I said, "All right, let's let's talk about it." And my son just looks at me, and goes, "It's your house. You pick it." I was yeah. like, "No." We're a family. This is a decision. We're gonna to have to stay here. Mm. And it was like the first time they ever had this experience. And I'm I'm all about that. I yeah. love them involved. Super. Except for when I go on trips and I'm not doing the choices. Um, but but uh, you know, like now we're going on the trip, and so we watch like all the different things that we can do, and we all voted. Like we're not going in there. We're gonna go there. And uh, as a kid, I had that. It was me and my mother. But whatever I wanted to do. Basically, she's she supported all of it. I, that's awesome. I, I've had a, you know, kudos to your mom, man. That's yeah. awesome because I didn't get one part of that. But <laughs> even even my my schools. So I was never in the same school for more than two years since fifth grade. But it's because I got as much out of those schools as I could, and I needed to move because I can't like you. I just can't stay in a place where I'm not moving forward and I'm not learning and I'm not growing. It was just like wasting time. So you know, I was very lucky. With that. So it's good you had that recognition at such a young age, also. Mm. Yeah. Like I didn't have that. I was just constantly shoved into a box. Right. But yet you're able to do it for your kids. Yes. So, it's no, awesome. right. It comes from, again, it comes from the other side. It's, mm. Again, I might be totally raising them wrong. I don't know. 
Like who knows? We're all, no matter what we're, we're all trying do, to we're all gonna mess up. Yeah, that's the way to be a, yeah. a perfect parent. But um, and and when you think your parents are perfect, that's when they're enabling you. Mm. <laughs> right. So the last thing that we like to finish on is for a guy who you know you're past the divorce. Well, can I have one thing? Yeah. The, so, uh, one quick little thing yeah. that with that I'm still balancing how to be a little bit selfish. My kids keep begging me to move back to Malad Dimin. Mm -hmm. They're like, why you deal with all this traffic? Another city of Israel. Yeah, it's another city. It's like a ha it's supposed to be 20 minutes away, but it ends up being an hour plus. Away from Jerusalem. With, yeah, with it's, traffic. With traffic, it's crazy. But whatever, and I get frustrated and they see me and they don't like to see me like that. And they, mm. it creates a negative environment and I don't like being like working. Right. I'm learning my time limits and I'm using this good one. But so I keep asking, I'm like, I'm sorry, this is something I have to be selfish about. I cannot work. And that's that's like the balance. I got I'm like. Okay, that's, I think that's also them taking more than they should also at certain times. I guess, you know, I give you so many opinions and so many things, you have to understand my certain things too. Right, and being able to be shaped with them. Right, that's the balance. I love that you added that because that's something also I think about a lot in terms of, uh, I've talked to Ben uh, and Nazim about this, is having the fact that, you know, this is a podcast about being great dads, you know, going through divorce, et cetera, being on the other side and succeeding, you know, we're still people and we have our own needs yeah. as men. We're not, you know, it's not just about being a dad, right? So that's why I like to talk about relationships, whatever one's perspective is on relationships or life or career. There is a lot that's going on. And there are times where it's okay. And I just want to say for our audience, it's okay nice to, to have to. Exactly. Maybe, uh, yeah, I'm yeah. saying too, too lightly. Okay. I'm, still, I'm still working on you it. Have still, to do you have to do things for yourself. Because you, you were said you were married 18 years. I can guarantee you nine of it, you only did things for her. Uh, I, yes, I, I would see more. That, right, for sure. I was giving you half. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, I, I didn't do anything for my. I wouldn't. Right. I wouldn't buy like even clothing. I wouldn't go into a store and buy. I couldn't buy myself clothing. I couldn't do anything for myself. You know, again, not to suggest I was perfect, but in that regard. So I'm happy you mentioned it. And, and then the last thing we like to leave our, our listeners and viewers with is something you can give over to help them through the process because you're on you're on the other side something for them that are going through it and you know how hard it was for you when you first separated and, and how you know emotionally whatever what got you through that and, and maybe it's something that can help um there's a, a lot of things one is that i didn't look at it as size i kept i stayed very present at all times i knew i had a lot of recognition whether it was from somebody else or whether it was on myself so like i knew i couldn't deal with this give it over there are people willing to help you if you reach out. Mm. My whole life, I never reached out for people's help. Mm. I finally did here. Mm. Um, there are so many people that, especially like anyone here, anyone dealing with it, I'd love to help. Like I love, I like my main thing also with life, a coach, parent, whatever it is. I don't want anyone to have to go through what I went through. Mm. Right? So it's I will do anything in my power, like stick up for bullies, whatever it is. I've done it. Like I've done the people like fighting over there or whatever. And I just took like some guy was very bullying. And I'm like, excuse me, you can go. You go away. And people, I thought late people are scared. I used to be a tiny little kid, but now that I am, I try kind of like a superhero. But I'm not. <laughs> you are man. I am and again, it's what gives me like this more. I take um take all the pressures out of here. There's pressures are all self-inflicted. Hmm. Um I'm 
I would say I'm about 80% released of all, most all the pressures. Wow. Um, you know, I know the traffic. Right? So, and it, it's getting worse every day. So I used to leave at 3.15 and get there at 3.45. Now I leave, you know, yesterday I left at 2.45 and got there at 3.40. So it's just, and it, it, it's 15 minutes, it's 10 right. minutes, it's 20 minutes. But if you sit there and add it up and then you take on all these little pressures in life, it takes away a lot of anger. Anger is not uh, a feeling. Anger is a reaction of a feeling. So when you're angry, you're hurt or you feel um, taken advantage of, or I don't know how to say it, like an emotional feeling. Like what's that feeling? Like, uh, like I mean, there's resentment. There's resentment or whatever there is. It's again, there's a trigger. There's look, a trigger. Constantly look in the mirror, see, but be honest. Cause if you're not going to be honest with yourself, it's never going to work. So, you know, I can sit there and then I go to my therapist, like I even asked her now, like, you know, whatever the life that I'm living, she's like, so where do you see, she keeps asking, where do you see yourself in this and this amount of years? Then I'm staying very present and I'm enjoying what I do have. And if that's last year, that's great. And I asked her, I'm like, am I being delusional? She's like, no, you're just staying present. And I'm like, if I'm, I, and she's like, why? And sometimes she's laughing. Why do you feel like you maybe you've been doing so much better? And, and she's so me progress. Like even our common friend said, like, in six months, I'm a person that if I have something wrong, I know there's something wrong. I, I will work as hard as I possibly can to fix it. And this is an obvious question, but just for, for other men out there, yeah. it sounds like you're a very big proponent for, for therapy. Yeah, big time. Okay. There's no reason why you shouldn't. Yeah. Like there's, there's, it, it, that's, I mean, that's such an old pastime thing. Like I've been going right, to therapy. Right, the stigma, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, my parents sent me to a therapist that she betrayed me. That's why I have like a lot of betrayal. Like, yeah. like, and it, it just, that divorce thing, it brings up yeah. every oh, shove down the hill. It will bring up and multiply it by a hundred. Mm -hmm. Okay. It'll bring it up. It'll bring it. You'll turn it to a crazy. And if you turn it to a crazy, that's okay. It's understandable. Stay in your room. Right. Okay. Don't do, don't react off your emotions because mm -hmm. you, the, the will, bathroom is you will get everything taken away from you. Well, thank you for coming. Uh, is there any place people can follow you? Uh, if they want to reach out to you. Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. You can okay. put the handle. Um, I don't, I, you can message me. Uh, WhatsApp. Mm -hmm. I'm very like honest and personal. So I'll give you my number if you want, like whatever you want. I don't care. Like I'm not everyone. No one's out to get it. Like who am I? Right. <laughs> All right. Um, and uh, whatever. And if anyone ever needs anything, like I still have, Random people I randomly meet reach out to me. I tell you, I'll end it off with a funny story. Speaking of random, um, so I go on trips like every so often, every three months, like I have to escape when I can. So right now I'm going to America. Anyways, one of these trips I randomly just my friend who was going through the same situation as me. Um, I didn't know before, but anyways, he's like, let's do a do trip. So I we went to Nashville. And we went driving all over. Anyways, I go to Elvis's house. And this guy likes to smooth the people. And this is another thing you have to learn. I think it's more about yourself, what you could handle and what you can. I couldn't handle it. I'm getting frustrated. You know, like living with a roommate, you get like that frustration. Like, why do you have to mm. remove yourself? It's okay. You don't have to do everything with them. And when we go on the trips, and that's what he said, he loves me. I'm like, I can do things alone. You can do things mm. alone. We can do things together. It's, it's just for us to enjoy. Like have, being forcing somebody or feeling forced is hard. Never, that's not a vacation. Hmm. so anyway so so i went ahead and i finished my thing and then i went outside to smoke a couple cigarettes and play on my phone like while he was through through took like an extra half hour and then it comes out with this random guy that went that lived in adelphia huh. 
and taught like in free open right there. Yeah, come full circle. Yeah, come full circle. He ended up mixing with guy, and he's like, I've been Jewish. I've always wanted to go to Israel. I booked a ticket and they canceled it because of COVID. And I have a trip coming up. So could like, can I have your number if you ever need? And my number. He ended up staying over. I gave him like, a, he was never religious in his life. Never did a Shabbat meal. Gave him a full Shabbat meal experience. He both what is going up, <laughs> no, no, I wasn't, I'm not trying to make him religious. Yeah. I'm not trying to like, or anything like that. Yeah. I just want like, like he wanted, I'm like, I gave him a full experience. I gave him like tour. They brought him to all these things. And he kept asking me, like, there's a whole thing like a tour guide. This tour guide was charged in. Should I do that? And I'm like, no, 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 relax. Like, you'll come here. Everything will work out. And he said he had like the best trip ever. And he just stayed by me, crashed by me. I'm like, my kids are only there half the time. I have this big right. apartment. It's there empty half the time. Exactly. So I, I love to give. And, you know. Awesome. Awesome, man. Yeah. Thank you so much, brother. Sure. Amazing. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you all for listening. This has been the Two Don't Quit podcast. And you can get us on social. We want to share your story. Please reach out wherever you can. Two Dad, Two Quit. And we really are excited to hear what you have to say. If there's any topics you want us to cover, please DM us. Please email us. Please contact us on the website. We really, really do want to hear from you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to the Two Dad, Two Quit podcast. Available www.2dadtoquit.com Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode.